All right, you're now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 241. You know we're breaking down game five. We're going to give you our calls for game six. What does Boston need to do to win this game? AD hasn't picked up a ball since April 5th. We're going to get Drew's take on how that makes him and Laker Nation feel. And Adam Sandler's new movie, Hustle, on Netflix gets two thumbs up from Clips and Drew. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 241. Drew is back from his two month hiatus in Tahoe. We have a good <laughs> background now. I'm seeing basketballs and soccer banners, feeling way more comfortable, Drew. It's good. It's good to have you back, bro. Yeah, it's nice to be home. It's nice to be home. The excursion, uh, the Tahoe excursion was fantastic. Uh, but, you know, there's, there is always something about being in your home with your stuff. And I didn't, you know, a month, it was a month, by the way. It wasn't it's a long months. time. A month was a long, it's a long time. It's a long time to be gone. Um, and I don't know, man, I, I, I always try to like be the guy that doesn't care about his material items. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but I was robbed when I was a fresh, uh, sophomore in college both my apartment in college and my house at home in LA were robbed in the same week. So like all of my stuff got robbed. Like I did not even know this. I didn't even know this. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I didn't tell you this clips, but that happened in the same week. It was like three days apart from each other. Our, uh, our house got robbed in, in LA and my apartment in Tucson. Uh, and so like after that, I was like, well, you know, None of this shit matter. I mean, as long as I'm okay. Luckily, I was I was at neither location when it was mm-hmm. happening. I wasn't. <laughs> I was. I was. Uh, I, I was in Tucson when the L.A. house got robbed, and I was in L.A. when the <laughs> Tucson apartment got robbed. Um, but you know, after that, I was just like, you know what? I don't need any of this shit. Like, it's fine. And I, I usually try to live that way, and I try to like get rid of a lot of shit. Um, you know, so I don't have a lot of clutter. And you know, going to Tahoe, I was like, oh, cool. Like I could just live. I'll just, I can just live here. I, I, you know, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, I could just move right now. We just sell the, all the shit that I have. And then I came home and I was like, oh, this is all my stuff. Like my bed, my big ass TV, you know, you finally uh, have internet, like good internet now. Well, yeah, that's true. I think got the stable internet connection. Uh, but there is something about being at home that uh, it's, it's definitely nice. I'm appreciating it. We got a nice, nice little house here. Yeah, well, it's good to have you back, bro. Uh, those Thank masks you. were driving me crazy. Uh, it's been about it's been a little bit over a week. We got uh, we got game six coming up tomorrow night, but a lot has happened in the past couple games, man. And I want I want to get into it. You know, Boston has really shot themselves in the foot the past two games, man. It's pretty frustrating. Um, you know, I've been pretty adamant on <clears throat> on every one of these shows that like. I keep expecting Jason Tatum to have one of these like <laughs> yeah. huge breakout games and I'm over it now. I don't know. I don't know how to call it anymore. <laughs> the thing is, it's like I'm expecting Jason Tatum to have these huge games. And then what happens is Andrew Wiggins is doing yep. exactly what I was expecting Jason Tatum to do. Right. So anyways, you know, you know, we got to bring up Steph's huge legendary game. That was an elite game that will go down as the Steph game, which is game four. He was absolutely phenomenal. I still think Boston could have won that game, but uh, you know, Steph was just too great. And then these past, you know, four and five, 
again, everything that we said going into this series that Boston needs to do in order to 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 stay with with uh, the Warriors is is the turnovers, man. And yep. it's just progressively getting worse and worse. And it's happening with their best players. Like what we brought up on the last show, how Jalen Brown was just driving me crazy. Like, can he even dribble? And now, but every time these guys dribble in traffic, they're losing the rock or making bad plays. So it's, there was two things that bugged me a lot with game five. And that was first, the energy that Boston came out with. Mm. They were very lackadaisical, lazy, making bad passes. It looked like they were playing a December game against Atlanta. You know what I mean? And it not the NBA finals while it looked like Golden State was locked in. And then, you know, you go 0 for 12 from threes. Nothing was falling. They were still, you know, I guess in the game. And then it was uh, it's the turnovers, man. The turnovers drove me absolutely crazy. And, uh, you know, Golden State is the worst team to do that against you know I, I get there was 18 turnovers in game five and the Warriors scored 22 points off those 18 turnovers and then the free throw shooting and it's like Drew this is my new favorite thing my new favorite thing now is to watch players completely bitch and yell at the referees for not getting calls right yeah, and then yeah. when you finally get the call you miss both free throws that's yeah. my new favorite thing and, <laughs> and it, it happened to Jason Tatum it happened to Jalen Brown and I don't, you know, I guess we can make a few excuses. Yes, they're probably exhausted. The turnaround on these games is a lot. And yeah, I get it. But so is Golden State, you know. And uh, I just, I, I I thought they lacked energy in game five. And they just did not play well. And also, they need the others that we keep talking about. These The others need to step up and play. Uh, they can't play, unfortunately, Time Lord. 35 40 minutes a game even though i think he's the only one in the playoffs it's like a plus 31 in all the playoffs for boston Mm. and the minutes that he's giving them has been great they just can't play him enough man so what's your what was your takeaway well game five was interesting because that was that one really played out like if you just if you were to take a look at the statistics and run through everything uh, and you weren't and you didn't watch the game you would go how did the celtics lose this game right like Steph didn't make a three for the first time in 233 games. 1,800 days, man. It's been, it was 1,800 days. <laughs> I, and so when that kind of shit happens and he only finishes with 16 points and you know the Celtics outshot the Warriors from the free throw line 31 to 15, total, total free throws taken, like that's a game that you would expect to see a W next to the Celtics. Um, if it wasn't for Wiggins... <laughs> In game five, and then really, like, really clutch buckets from Clay at times. And uh, Gary Payton, the second, played fantastic. And Poole had some big shots as well. Um, but really, outside of Wiggins' performance, it's like, man, uh, it's, a, it's another missed opportunity for the Celtics, in my opinion. Uh, and, you know, the way that the game started, I think you're absolutely correct. Like, it was like, whoa, like, do the Celtics realize that the game was going to start at this time? And do they know it's the finals? First of all, they were like, oh, for 12 from three. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like the Warriors, Warriors get out to these big, this big kind of balloon lead in the first quarter, but then they go ice fucking cold as well. And they miss like the next 12 or 13 shots from three. Um, and it, it was everything to do with Andrew Wiggins. And I think that's, you know, obviously the biggest takeaway is like, yes, game four, that is Steph Curry stamped all over it. Game five is definitely the Wiggins game. Like if we're going to go through and, and, you know, give somebody uh, the game, the game ball, if you will, 
Wiggins absolutely dominated in that in that game. And he did it in a way that was um, I think it was like in, entirely based around effort. I, I think is the only way that I can explain it. I mean, yes, he was hitting jump shots, but he did miss quite a few threes. Uh, he was 0 for 6 from 3, and the majority of those were wide open. Wiggins did. Uh, so, it, again, it's just kind of that. It was that kind of night where the Warriors only made nine threes total, right? Uh, and, and then on the other side, Boston, you know, they, they obviously didn't shoot the ball that, that well uh, from three, but they made 11. They were at 34%, 11 threes made. Um, and I think the thing like your point about like waiting for Tatum to have these games, it's just it's I think it's got to be really frustrating for Boston fans because he can put it together each game. He can put it together for like a quarter. It seems like he can or a quarter and a half, maybe two quarters. Uh, and in this one, he still ended up with a really nice stat line. Twenty seven points, 10 boards, four assists, uh, he was, he was 10 of 20 from the field. Uh, and unfortunately for him, it's the free throws. Uh, and he, I think, you know, two of six from the free throw line is not great. And you would expect him to have more free throw attempts um, because our whole goal was to get him going to the basket more. And let me just say this, both Tatum and Brown have done a good job of dribbling to the basket, getting to the basket. Uh, something that is continuing to happen to Jason Tatum and sometimes to Brown, but more to Tatum is he's not finishing. He's not, he's not finishing. He's either going up too soft um, or he's not concentrating enough on the finish. And it's clear to me, like, you know, uh, looking back last year, it was very clear that Devin Booker needed to improve his catch and shoot three point percentage. He needs to make wide open threes much higher than he was doing in the finals. Uh, and, you know, he didn't get an opportunity to repeat that again this year in the finals because the Suns didn't make it there. But similar to that, my takeaway from this finals will be Jason Tatum needs to work on finishing around the rim in traffic. Uh, and until he can do that at a consistent rate, at, at least a much more consistent rate than he's shown, I do think maybe he, he still has some, some room to grow and isn't necessarily the quote unquote superstar that we were ready to see kind of blossom in this finals on this biggest stage. But I'm not going to be critical of a man who's in his first finals appearance uh, at the age that he's at. We know he can improve, um, and I think it's something that he can hopefully improve on before the series is over. Uh, certainly in game six, he's going to have to do better, uh, both at attacking the basket with finishing, and then if he gets fouled, make your goddamn free throws. I totally agree, and it was something I brought up on the last show where it's like, I think they're just trying to get the contact, and, and yep. they're, not, they're not finishing through the contact or trying to finish through the contact, and then when they don't get the call – I've noticed that like there's a kind of a little pouting, man. He'll yeah, hit the, sh the shoulders, it's the shoulders language. He's not running back on defense. Yep. You know, they're getting the the Warriors get numbers on the other end. And again, we could say it's exhaustion and whatnot. But uh, also, you know, I when Jalen Brown plays good, the Celtics win the games. When Jalen Brown doesn't play good, they don't win these games. And. I mean, when you just look at the turnovers for Tatum, he has 95 in the playoffs, man. 95 turnovers. That's in the a playoffs. lot. That's a lot. That's a, and it's it's too much, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I I think they definitely. It looked like Derek White was scared as hell too, taking threes. Didn't want to take any threes. Al Horford had a, had a good one, had a big one, uh, but he isn't the same Al Horford that you know we were expecting. And again, I think we got a little too excited in the last series when he had you know. Uh, the greatest game of his career, but yeah, and then he started game one off like you know completely on fire, Horford as well in this series, right? 
So I don't know, man. I just think that uh, you got to give it up to the Warriors to like after thinking about it, I, I called Boston winning it and I still am going for Boston to win this. But like, I don't think there's a better deserving team right now than, than, than the Warriors to win it. Mm. Right. Just after everything that's gone on with Clay in two years, Steph coming back from injuries to actually be back in the finals, Garrett GP two who breaks his goddamn elbow, you know, uh, in the, in the last series and is back playing. And then Malika Andrews comes out and does an interview with him. And he's like, yeah, I was applying to be the video coordinator for mm. the, the warriors eight months ago. And now he's playing in the NBA finals. Like what a great, what a great story is that the clay story, the, the Steph legacy games and shit. Like I get it. And, and, uh, Warriors fans should be super excited for this. I do think people are already writing off Boston. Like the series is already mm. over, which I don't think is fair. Um, if there, I know Jason Tatum has not been the best, but there is a difference between Jason Tatum, uh, in regular finals games or regular games than el- elimination games. There's a little bit of a difference. So he's played 23 playoff games, right? He's had three ele- uh, elimination games uh, in these, in these playoffs. Okay. Three elimination games, right? And in the elimination games, he's averaged 31, eight and six, right? Shooting almost 50% from the field and 51% from three point. Yeah. Uh, in elimination games, it's a, it's a big difference from his, 25.466 shooting 41% and the 37% from three. So, Hey, I'm, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. They're going back home. Yep. Um, I, I, I really, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to jinx it and say, I'm expecting Jason Tatum to have a huge game. Cause that's just <laughs> not going to happen. And again, like Wiggins is the most athletic person he's had to play against. Right. As far as de- defense. And he's given him a big problem. And also when you're, when they're trying to finish around the rim, like we're talking about, Okay. Like you're, you get past Wiggins and then you have Dre in your ass and then you're like at Looney. Right. And it's like, it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be difficult. I wish Jason and even Jalen for that matter. I've said this so many times for little point guards, but we're seeing it with Steph with these little floaters when he know he doesn't want to take it to the rack. If, if Tatum can get one of these floaters and just bypass fucking going Mm. and creating all this contact at the rim, or how about trying to bang on somebody? Like when was the last time that Tatum, when, when have we seen him dunk? Yeah, I, I can't remember. I think that's that's the, the big component of what we're talking about, like going strong, going to going in with the intention of dunking on someone. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's what we need to see that kind of level of aggression as opposed to going in and like hoping the ball, you know, when you're when you're you're trying to weave through every every warrior's defender and like spin it off the backboard, you know, that's a tough it's a tough layup. <laughs> it's not the easiest layup. Right. And also, like I, I think Ime needs a little a little bit of of knocking too, because I didn't see a lot of set plays at all. It looked like a lot of ISO ball and it looked like a lot of dribbling until there's four seconds on the shot clock and you're forced to take a dumbass shot. Those shots that turn into turnovers, like we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. And even those threes, when Jason Tatum was getting hot, Drew, they weren't the best looking shots, man. No, they were just going in. Right. Which is the impressive part. I think that's the impressive part of Tatum. And you go, (laughs) damn, how is he hitting that? Like dudes in his face and he's just like draining them. It's like it reminds you of Jamal Crawford because Jamal Crawford would shoot some shots sometimes. You're like, oh boy, that's bad. It's like wet, <laughs> wet, net. But look, the, the way it works for Boston is the ball movement and moving. The one thing, Jay, I mean, Jason Tatum's really good at a lot of things, but now his passing out of double teams to find the open guys 
He's been doing that a lot, and shots just have not been going down. He can find the open guy. There was a couple plays in that game where they made that extra pass, one to Smart in the corner who knocks down the three, that that Mm -hmm. Al Horford huge three to put him up one. That was based off an extra pass. So this isn't just all on Jason Tatum and all on Jalen Brown, but they have to to get the brunt of it because he's the guy. You are the superstar, and we just need more from you. Yeah, and I think your point about uh, Ime Yudoka, like switching some shit up. Uh, like I want to nod to our colleague Nikias, uh and the Dunker Spot podcast because that's really what they need. And I do think it's like they need somebody in the Dunker Spot. And and Robert Williams, Time Lord would be fantastic there. But when it's not him on the court because of the defense offense stuff, then then Horford needs to take that uh, position or somebody does. I, I mean, because it's it, that outlet is is there. The Warriors don't have rim protection, so they all collapse on the driver. And, you know, the kickout option is great if, if you know, the rest of the Celtics are able to hit their threes. And, and for the most part, they were doing that. Uh, I mean, outside of that first half. Jesus. In the second half, they were make, making those threes. Uh, but but the, the other option that needs to be presented is a jump off for Tatum to just lob one up or Jalen Brown. Just, oh, I got three guys jumping with me or three bodies around me. And I can just send one to that, you know, opposite side of the rim where Horford or Williams uh, or, you know, somebody is just waiting there to finish it off and tap it in because the Warriors are doing a really good job at forcing the dribble and then collapsing. Uh, and And I think, you know, the one the one takeaway overall for this series is that the Warriors defense has matched the Celtics defense. And I thought a lot of people, especially the talking heads we're all used to hearing opinions from didn't bring that up enough when we were talking about the series leading into it. It was all like Warriors offense, Celtics defense. But I do think the Warriors defense is going to be the thing that like pushes them over the edge. Um, And, you know, I had taken Warriors in five uh, before game one and before the loss happened. I still think the Warriors will win the series uh, but I do think it probably will go game seven just because of what you just mentioned out of Jason Tatum and the resilience of this Celtics team to bounce back after a loss. They seem to be able to like figure some shit out, come out with more intensity and win the next game after they get after they have a loss. It seems to be what's happening. Uh, so I expect that pattern to hold true for game six. But a lot of it will ride on these things that we're talking about. Can Tatum make make his free throws? Can Jalen Brown take better shots? Uh, can the Celtics do a better job at getting good looks for Tatum and Brown? Uh, and maybe, you know, switching some things up in the offensive scheme. Uh, you know, I don't know how many times we've seen the ball go in the post for the Celtics, but it's very, very rare. And in my opinion, the one thing that was really good um, in that second half was Marcus Smart driving to the basket and finishing through contact, but being under control mm-hmm. and finishing contact as opposed to just going off of one leg and then trying to you know trying they weren't really throwing two they weren't throwing two dudes at him either though he was bodying jordan pool yes and and uh gp2 when that happened so and i think that's something that that um when we're talking about tatum and brown something that luka Doncic does very very well and why he's so good at finishing around the rim is he goes under control he goes at his own speed right and i think sometimes tatum and brown can get so caught up in how fast they're going to the rim that they forget that they have the time to jump stop allow the defender to fly by and then go up strong 
uh, for a layup. It doesn't always have to be this running, sprinting to the rim finish where you have to, you know, where you're, you're definitely going to get some contact and you have to try and finish around it. Uh, Luca, especially, but also what I saw from Marcus Smart, what I'm talking about is dribbling into the paint, waiting, you know, giving, giving it that extra second and then using that little bump shoulder you you initiate the contact go up strong you'll get the foul or you'll get the and one uh if you make you know if you make the shot so i think that's something that tatum and brown should both look at you know not necessarily now but you know even someone like jalen brunson very good at doing Mm -hmm. something like that and it just doesn't seem to register that that often for for tatum and brown uh, so that's something that, you know, as they grow, they're still young as they, as they grow, even though like the majority of the guys that we just talked about, like Brunson and Luca are younger than them. Uh, I think that's something that they'll probably try to integrate into their game. And, and it's something that all offensive attacking players should utilize to just keep the defense off balance. Right. Uh, it's very easy to go up as a defender to, to follow the cadence of the steps. Right. So if Tatum is going to the basket and he's going to, he's gathering, he's going to go one, two, and he's going to go up, right? That cadence is easy for me to follow as a defender uh, when I'm reacting to it. But if you do that one, if you do that one jump stop, pump fake, that defender is going to fly by 80% of the time. And then it's just a much better position. So, you know, obviously that's a, that's a little too much of the X's and O's and, and no, but you're totally right. Luca is the best at uh, those little bumps create space and those create room for you to get a shot up or to get a foul. And that would be something that obviously they're going to have to work on if you want to get to the line a little more. I also think that like they were doing so well, not playing into the Draymond thing, Mm -hmm. right? Like not buying in. I thought they were over playing the mind games and, you know, Draymond came out, I called it too. I knew that I knew that Draymond was going to have a good game going into game five. I said on our page, I'm like, yo, he's going to sniff a triple double tonight. Sniffing meaning I didn't think he was going to get it, but it was going to be like, yeah, it was you know, close. Get eight, seven, and six. Close, right? And that's what that's all you need from Draymond. You need yes. nothing else, man. Nothing else. And then there was there was the one play where Draymond finally slipped the screen when he was the ball screener at, mm-hmm. and had the ball for the little handoff. Fake. All of that, all of that pressure was going way too far to Steph. And he had Robert Williams on him and he just did the pump fake, the handoff dribble and the, and the lane was wide open. And guess what he did clips? He dunked the ball. He dunked. (laughs) And so I think like just that, that level of awareness needs to continue to be on Draymond Green's head when their offensive schemes are running like this, because they're just so used to Dre handing it off and screening Mm -hmm. That he can get that more than just once per game, and I think just even that level of aggressiveness makes the Warriors a completely different and more formidable team because he can dunk the ball when no one's in the lane. Clips mm-hmm. right, like we don't have to worry about. He hasn't made a three pointer the entire finals, by the way. He hasn't made one three pointer the entire finals, but a layup or a dunk, he should be looking for. And even still, he's just so used to kicking the ball out. Like there was that one play <laughs> uh, where Bielitsa. My guy, who actually looks really good in in the, the limited minutes that his he's defense out there. has been phenomenal. I think he's actually playing a little bit better than Otto Porter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Porter just can't seem to, to knock down a shot to save his life, but Bielitsa is looking quite good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, you know, had a little fumble of the ball, dribble in the lane, give him a little dish, and Draymond didn't even look at the rim. He was too. It was almost the Ben Simmons uh, syndrome there, where Ben, like you know, from from last year. 
uh, where Simmons didn't want to dunk it. And pass Nobody's it giving him any heat either for that. Nobody's no, giving him. But heat I'm going to give him some heat because, dude, that's a fucking layup. And right. I, I mean, I get it, right? Like he's so used to turning around and just going, "That's Steph. Mm-hmm. There's a three. Three is more than two. I'm going to do it." But he did that, and he kicked it out to I think it was Wiggins or Looney or somebody like that, and it just didn't. You know, the play never evolved, and he just passed up a layup. It's just those little moments that we, the Warriors, really need Draymond to be just slightly more aggressive offensively. Um, and I think he's starting to feel that, but I will say, you know, in, in the previous games, you know, you, you mentioned Derek white being scared to shoot Draymond really, really looked scared to shoot the ball or even look at the basket again. I think that's Uh, okay though. I think think it's okay okay. too. It's, it's more okay than Derek white. Yes. Being scared to shoot because he has to shoot. He has to shoot the ball. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, but, I, like I said, I, I just the Warriors are better when Draymond can just at least recognize those moments and seize the opportunity um, because he's also not a bad free throw shooter. I mean, he's a bad shooter in general, but his free throws are, are fine. Right. I, I just think that Draymond set the tone early in game five for them coming out. He had a great dime to GP on a fast break, like le- legit CP dime to GP yeah. early. Uh, a couple big rebounds. He had a block, and then he had that dunk. And I'm like, okay, the crowd's into it. Um, so I, there was something that, but I mean, I've been talking about it all series, though. And I'm, I'm going to bring it up again because I've been saying that, that Draymond's been bullying the refs and the players, and like nothing's really happening with that. And, you know, if, okay, how about this? The only person I think that should be allowed to have banter or have, like discussion or heated discussions with the refs should be the coaches, right? Like that's the coach's job. So I'm watching Draymond do the bullying all, all game. Like he was normally doing. Um, And then he does that thing where he, where he walks to the sideline with Jason Tatum all the way to the, to the bench with him. And the bench is kind of clear. You remember, you remember this play and no tech is called. Right. Yeah. It is like GP was following. Uh, at the at the timeout, right? They called the timeout or something. Tatum happened. wouldn't Tatum wouldn't let go of the ball. Right, he, he just taking walked the ball, the ball with him to the bench, and Draymond just followed him the whole way, trying to play defense. Trying to play defense when it's already <laughs> timed out. He's trying to intimidate, right? Yeah. yeah. So, and, and there's nothing called there. But then, like immediately when Ime when Ime was frustrated and said something to the referees, he gets teed up quick. Marcus Smart got teed up <laughs> quick, and I'm like, how does this happen? Yeah. Why, why are you so scared to give Draymond Green a technical? He's literally begging for it right now. You're yeah. not allowed to do that shit. And again, this isn't this isn't me bashing on Draymond. I just I just don't understand why people are so scared. And it's like Ime lifted his his mask down once to say something to the ref. Like, no, nope, you're done. You shouldn't yeah. even be talking to me. That was a classic Mark Davis like. Ime stepped over the coaching line. Come on. That's, that's on the sideline. No, none of the coaches respect that line. Zero of the coaches. You could see him even afterwards. He goes, come on now. Right. Ime's talking to Mark Davis. He's like, when have you, ha- since when do we call that? Like Steve Kerr crossing over that line all goddamn time. Every coach crosses that line. The line means nothing. They should just get, line. they should get rid of the line. Or just, just leave it at half court. You just can't cross half court. Can't that's, cross half court. That's just be the rule. Just don't cross half court. And even then, who gives a fuck? Like, who cares? Like, it it doesn't matter. It doesn't impact the game where the coach is standing. Right. I totally agree with you. I just think I, it drives me up the wall. I'm like, how are you going to let a player, you know, get away with all this? You know, you kind of have to go in and separate everybody. But the coach says something to you and you tee him up. And then (laughs) it's like, and, 
you know, Jordan Poole has been really good too. Finally came out of his, like, I guess, semi slump. He's been very good for, uh, he takes, the, he takes the worst shots. Talk about Jamal Crawford. Yeah. And Tatum and Brown. Jordan Poole takes the worst shots. <laughs> yeah. But if he makes a half court shot, you better just, you, you, you better bet that the Warriors are winning the game. You know what I mean? If he hits that half court shot, Warriors are winning the game. I would, yeah. I would, after he hit the third, that, that three pointer to end the third quarter, I was saying to, to, to my wife, I'm like, Jordan Poole should only play the last two minutes of every quarter. Like that's, that's where he's most effective. Just put him in the last two minutes of every quarter and he'll play eight minutes a game, but he'll get 18 points in those two. <laughs> I totally agree. But there was even that play where, I mean, they were getting frustrated. The Celtics, we saw it in the fourth. They were definitely getting frustrated. They weren't getting their calls. Marcus Smart was getting upset too. The refs are watching him. And then Jordan Poole does the biggest flop right in front of Mark Davis, if I'm not mistaken, it was Mark, like right in front of him. And Marcus doesn't even touch him, sells the foul, and then it's and then it's Golden State ball. It's those mm-hmm. little ones that just drive me so crazy. Like you're standing right there. Yeah. So, uh, but I guess, again, that's part of the game. It's what you got to do, right? It is. And I, well, the one, the, so the thing about that particular play where he definitely sold it, it, it Marcus can't do the arm flailing thing. Marcus Smart can't do it. Don't bite. Just don't don't flail the arm up and down at him. Good call. Just just go get the ball, mm-hmm. right? Like and and Marcus, you know it's it's a double edged sword, right? Marcus, like you know you can get away with that shit too, but it'll happen to the best of them. So right. you know it's like when when uh, when uh, Derek Fisher and Vlade Divac would randomly guard each other during the play in the early thousands. It it's a flop off. They're it's both they're both flopping. They're both hit the ground. Flop off. Like what are you gonna do? <laughs> Uh, you know, the series isn't even over yet either. And all anybody wants to talk about is this finals MVP, right? They've already <laughs> cashed it in. It's either Wiggins or Steph, even though the series isn't over. We literally have a game six tomorrow. Tatum and Brown are pushed out of the finals MVP talk already because Golden yep. State's going to win it, uh, which I'm not ready to go for. But in my humble opinion, Drew, uh, I had this conversation with our boy Stanley uh, while I was on the train yesterday going up to L.A. to see my mom. Um in my opinion, I have Wiggins as the MVP of this series. I think he has mm. been the – I do. I, I think he's been the best player for the Warriors. If it, if it ended today, I know Steph has been great. Steph has been great. Mm. The numbers are incredible. I think it's 29 a game, almost 30 a game. That game five took him down a little bit. Um, I know everybody wants to give Steph the MVP because they think it's the one award that he needs to like achieve some like shit, bro. If you win the fourth championship, it shouldn't matter anymore. Anyways, do you really need a finals MVP? Anyways, I thought Wiggins has been the best, most valuable player for them on both ends of the floor. He's been extremely consistent. He's been guarding the team's best player very well. Um, He's averaging more points than clay. He's the number one rebounder on both teams. He's the second in blocks on both teams. Um, He's holding Jason Tatum to 33% while doing a lot of things on the offensive end for end. The whole bag, dog. Like, he's giving them the whole bag. Layups, step minus the three. But the three has not been falling for for Andrew, for Maple Jordan in the finals. Um, But he's also bailing them out a lot. Like, kind of at the end of the the shot clock when – where either Steph's not in the game or Steph doesn't have a good shot or Clay can't get a shot off. Wiggins hit a couple big ones to get him out of those situations uh, in game five. And I just think on both ends of the floor, 
it's not going to happen regardless. Cause I also said going into the series, like I don't care if Wiggins has a crazy series or yeah. Iguodala is risen from the grave and, and does some magic shit Which or clip. that hasn't happened. That's I don't, don't even, I are they just playing him for nostalgic reasons? It's like Udonis Haslam at this point. He's like the same. He's the no, same. He, Iggy should be getting the same minutes. Udonis Haslam got yes. in the playoffs. Yeah. That's my personal opinion. I know golden state <laughs> fans probably want to see Iggy in the game at some point. Nope. I would There's rather no see Bielitsa. Give, give me Bielitsa. Give me Porter. Yeah. Give me fucking throw Kaminga in there for once. Oh, God damn it. I want Kaminga. Please, one time. <laughs> just give him one minute. At, give him the shitty, the shitty time at the end of the Play, quarter. Just match his, match his minutes with Robert Williams. Let's see, <laughs> let's see what happens. See what happens. And, uh, you know, I've already said Robert Williams has been great for the limited minutes they get for him. But I, I just think if it ended today. Now, look. Say Wiggins has a huge game, game six. Say Wiggins right. has the 30. Right. And they win. First of all, I don't think Golden State wants to win. They want to win it no matter what, but I don't think they want to win it in Boston. They want to win. They want to win at home. Yeah, they do. Um, And arena. (laughs) What's that? They have the new arena. So they want to to christen that with a a championship. 100%. Um, And Steph could have two, if it goes to seven, Steph could have two crazy games and offensively and whatnot. I just think Wiggins, when you say most valuable player, for, for me, it's been Wiggins for the Warriors. Um, in the finals. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, I understand your point, but it's, it's, it's I, I, unfortunately clips you're wrong. Like that is Steph Curry is definitely the, <laughs> definitely the MVP. If, if it goes to the Warriors, it has to be Steph Curry because I don't even think they like this series might be over if it wasn't for Steph Curry's offensive performances. Now, let me get, let me get this very straight. If they gave out a defensive player award for the finals that has Andrew Wiggins written all over it. Uh, they gave without, one to Iggy without a doubt they did. And I think the difference between what you're talking about happened. It, it, it's, it's the guy, LeBron James. That's, right. that's the, that's the major difference. Right. Um, and you know, a lot has been made of Iguodala's MVP finals MVP, because he didn't really do a whole lot against LeBron. I mean, like he did a lot, but LeBron still averaged almost like 40 points again, yeah, 38 a game. Yeah, and he averaged, you know, his he hit way beyond his normal averages. So it's like, okay, you're going to give Iggy the finals MVP for like somewhat holding, like holding Braun below 50? Like, is that really what we're, that's the, the threshold for finals MVP? So I just, and I just think, especially after game four, Steph's performance in game four, there's no other, there's no other finals MVP. And I think, you know, something that JJ Redick even said, you know, even if the Celtics win, Steph has a very strong case nah. for Finals MVP. Nah, just I like don't see Jerry that. West, just like Jerry West did. Uh, but it, to your point, the series is not over. If the Celtics win, who the fuck is there? And who's their Finals MVP? Peyton freaking Pritchard. Dude. It's a crapshoot. It's literally a crapshoot. I, you know, I, Marcus Smart, uh, Horford, Tatum. It's not Brown. We know it's not Jalen Brown, but nope. you know, it, it's you know, it, it's a roll of the dice on that end. And to me, Steph Curry has definitely dragged this Warriors team across the line with Wiggins doing the best Scottie Pippen impression, if you will, like the you know the best Batman Robin, okay. Michael Scotty. That Wiggins Wiggins is definitely in that funnel for me. Uh, and and has been clearly the, be- the second best player for the Warriors without a doubt. Uh, and his rebounding clips is yeah. the, that's really the, been the key because when the Warriors go small, like they do, he he really needed to start rebounding better, and he has done that. I mean, the, the rebounds the last couple games have been phenomenal. He's leading uh, both teams in rebounding. What's that? He's leading both teams in rebounding. 
And that's, and that's outrageous. And like, right. so like that part of it, I, I agree. Like he, the way that he's been playing has been integral to the, to every single win the Warriors have gotten it. And in the losses, his performances have helped them stay as close as they have. But I mean, Steph, Steph shooting the best shooting field goal percentage out of like any player ever in finals history. Um, it's, I think, Hey, again, I, we do this show to argue. Yeah, and that's exactly what we're doing. I'm just saying I think that MVP, most valuable player for the Warriors right now, is Andrew Wiggins. I totally yeah. get, but I the also, last two, I mean, the, the game five, the answer to that question is Wiggins, and I would say, you know, potentially what game two, he had a really good game too, uh, but and and obviously his performance in game four was good as well, but that, that was when Steph went off, right? So I just, it's hard for me to ignore the obvious fact that Steph is clearly the best player on the Warriors and in the series. He's, he's definitely the best player on the court. Yes, that's totally fair. Yeah. And back to our Iggy point, it's like the Iggy Finals MVP and probably one of Steve Nash's MVPs, the regular like, season. like regular season MVPs over Kobe, those are two of like the biggest travesties yeah. <laughs> or that has like ever happened. So just based on that, and again, I, I said going into the series, Steph needs a finals MVP. And no matter what, he's going to win a finals MVP. Somebody's going to say, well, he doesn't have two. doesn't yeah. have two MVPs. <laughs> doesn't have two final MVPs. And when I was having that conversation with Stan, I don't understand why I under... Like we've always said that finals MVP is way more important than a regular season MVP. And it is, um, but it's not the end all be all. Like if I'm Steph, I'm not going to be like, fuck man. I never won a finals MVP. I'd be like, yo, I got four rings, man. And had a dynasty. I've been to the chip, I've been to the, to the chip six out of eight times. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I, it's a good debate. And I think they're having the debate because we need, we needed three days of something to talk about. So <laughs> Well, and I also think it's like it is because Wiggins is playing so good that there's even a debate, mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, if Wiggins doesn't play this good, then it's not even a question. Like, Steph Curry is clearly the MVP. Mm -hmm. And I do think, I still, like I said, man, uh, like piggybacking off of JJ Reddick, I don't know who the fuck would be the MVP of the finals for the Celtics. I can't name one. And I, as much as it, you know, it might be clear to everybody that it should be Tatum, I don't think so like <laughs> i don't i don't know who i would pick if the celtics win the finals and it has to be a celtic that's why i would say steph he might he might even win it regardless of who wins you know who wins the series but again we still have two possibly two games there's at least one more right at so least say one more. so say tatum has a steph game right and goes off for for maybe his 40 which i've been praying for the whole series but it hasn't happened look bottom line is this back against the wall it's win or go home man you yep. are going to be at TD Garden at home in game six in the finals. This needs to be the biggest game of your career. Everybody on that squad, it's your biggest game. You, Jalen, Al, Peyton Pritchard, who's just been non-existent for whatever reason. Um, it need, Marcus Smart, this needs to be your biggest game. And I think the Warriors definitely know the magnitude of this game. I'm not saying they're going to throw the game to win it at home. If they have a chance to win this game, they're going to win it. Yeah. Um, but I, it's 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 all or nothing from the, from the Celtics. And I need Ime to be prepared. I need Tatum to be prepared. And you know what, dude? Maybe it's time to go dust off that the the Kobe armband, Jason. Maybe it's I, time. Throw I have that a feeling shit on. he might rock it again. I mean, it's elimination game. I have a feeling he might break it back out again. We haven't seen it uh, this series, but I, I expect. You know, certainly for game seven, if it goes there for him to rock the Kobe armband again. Um, 
I mean, let me just say this. I would love to see Tatum grab a hold of the opportunities uh, and, you know, stop shooting themselves in the foot uh, and just play a full, a full game um, and, and do the things that we're asking him to do, you know, uh, and, and I get it. The Warriors are a very, very good team. Yeah. And it's a difficult, it's a difficult task for anybody, you know, uh, to, to come through and beat them. I mean, the only, really the only two teams that did it were Toronto when they just had pretty much only had Steph <laughs> And and the Cavs that had LeBron James um, and, and they didn't have Draymond. Right. So, like, you know, there's a reason that the Warriors have won as many as they have. And it's because they're fucking good and they're they're historically good. Um, and, you know, even despite, you know, Clay's obviously still not where we want him to be. And even despite that, they're still really freaking, really freaking good. And, and a lot of that has to do with Wiggins. Um, so, I you know, the thing that keeps coming into my brain um, about game six is I do think it, Boston has to be one of the ideal situations to win a championship in their arena as an away team, right? So, like, we're talking oh. about will they will they want to come back home? Of You know, of course they want to finish the, the series out as quick as possible, right? They want to win a championship. You don't want to leave it to a coin flip game seven. But winning it in the TD Garden and hearing the crickets – Oh, Draymond lives for these I, moments. So Draymond, I, you know, that's I. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. I think the Warriors are gonna win in Game Six, and I think I, that motivation might be even higher than winning it at home in front of their own fans. I just see if they win it, I see Draymond standing on <laughs> the scorer's box saying "Fuck you, Draymond." Right? Oh yeah, that's what I, I. I think he lives for those moments. Yeah, yeah. And it would be it would be epic. It's just better to win at home, man. Everybody knows that it's better it to is. win at home. Yeah, but they'll, they, there'll be a parade a parade waiting for them. So um, also really quick, uh, Boston in this series has been the worst first and fourth quarter team uh, of, the, of the whole series. They are, they are horrific in the first and horrific in the fourth. That means you start games bad and you finish games bad. That does not lead to championships. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had that, they had that great first, fourth quarter in, in the first game. Mm-hmm. They had that unbelievable fourth quarter in, the, in, the, in game one. Um, but if we're going to look at game six, I'm hopeful that it's, that it's in the same ilk as the last few have been, where it's been real competitive. You know, some shots are, you know, maybe not all the shots are going down because the, you know, the emotions are high and, and, and the intensity is high. Uh, but I hope to have another really good game. Um, and maybe, maybe less antics from Draymond. But I, I will say, I mean, he's gotten fouled out now, but the last two games in a row, right? Didn't he foul out both? I, I think- no, I think he's three of three of five right now. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. He's fouled out. <laughs> so, and he really didn't want that last foul, that last six call. He begged. I mean, he literally, again, he, he bullied. Drew, Drew, he bullied his own ref into making coach, the call. His own coach. Yeah. His own coach. Excuse me. He bullied his own coach. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think the funniest part about that is that Looney got three fouls in like the first four minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. And then Draymond still fouled out first. <laughs> like that's, that's, that's classic, classic Draymond right there. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I, you know, I would love to see the series continue. So from a neutral standpoint, let's go, you know, let's go back to seven. Let's keep mm-hmm. this going. I'm enjoying the series in general as a whole. Uh, I love to see Steph perform. I want to see what it's like for him after that bounce back, uh, you know, when, you know, bouncing back from that rough shooting night for him at home, which is super rare. Uh, so I have a feeling that he'll be really up for it, but would love to see just kind of a battle 
Uh, like if, if Tatum goes for 40 and, and Steph can go for that's not going to happen 35 or something like that, that would be, that would be great. That's kind of the ideal scenario for me. We can wish for that. Here's the real question. Are we going to see the, are we going to see a uh, game six clay? Right. That's, that's what I want to see. That's yeah. I would love to see that too. There's uh, a lot of pressure on him, man. Clay. They've been talking about it for the p- past couple of days. I don't like it. I don't, I'm not necessarily, I don't know what they're expecting from clay, but there's been a lot of talk about game six clay. If clay think about this, man, say clay is game six clay and he's the leading scorer for, for the warriors in this game. And he has another Epic game six performance. How great would that be? Oh my God. That would be amazing. But I, I have to like going on what you're saying. He's well aware of that. And that has not worked out very well for clay. No. hyping himself up for you know the finals it really hasn't it really hasn't clicked yet i mean he did have 21 points in the last game and two of the biggest shots in the game too hit huge threes when mm-hmm. nobody else could find he probably he was the one that finally broke the seal mm-hmm. um and got him over the hump with the three-pointer finally going in and then hit another one um but you know that is one thing so there is something that i have noticed uh, recently with clay is he seems to be getting really frustrated um, with the substitution patterns. Um, and and it, it's in complete opposite of Draymond, right? Like Draymond got subbed out, said whatever's best for the team, I don't care as long as we win, as long mm-hmm. as we get the W. When it comes to Clay, like he's not dapping up his teammates. Like if, mm-hmm. if he's getting pulled and he's not liking it, he's he's like voicing it all the time. Every time I see him going over the sidelines, he's complaining about something. It's, pow- it's pouty Clay for sure. Yeah, compl- mm-hmm. complaining the whole time. And then, and then Clips, you know, the, the weirdest part about Clay and maybe part of the reason that I like him so much is he's just like waxing poetic about random topics in these press game, these post game pressers, bro. I mean, it's, 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 especially this last one where he's talking about jumping in the ocean and the healing properties of the ocean. It's, it's on Bill Walton type of levels. Of, I think he's probably dating a new chick who the first I don't time know they met, what it is. Like, man, what's your, what's your I, sign? He, he does own a piece of a CBD company. And I have to assume that he is just guzzling some cbd or just munching on some cbd gummies before these pressers because he's he's like very methodic and slow in, in his answering and he's searching for these things and they're asking him questions and he's just like yeah you know i gotta jump in the ocean um you know the ocean has healing properties oh god um, he's definitely dating somebody now i just you know whatever let's hope his aura is in good shape for for the game well, <laughs> in game the- game six in Boston tomorrow, but I do think the pre- the more pressure on him, the less he does uh, well. Uh, and I I, ex- I kind of expect him to not have that great of a start to game six. I would it would blow my mind. I would love nothing more than to see game six clay like we have seen in the past. I just don't think it's real. I think it's more realistic that Tatum drops forty or fifty than it is that Clay drops thirty or forty. Yeah, let's not be worried about Clay in post-game pressers until he's like, well, you know I'm a Pisces. So <laughs> and be yeah. like, okay, dude, you dump her. Signs. We're, yeah, we're, we're in the deep end here. We're in the deep dump end. Dump her, Clay. <laughs> yeah, get rid of this girl. Hey, speaking of Clay, can we talk about fake Clay really quick? Yes, please. Because that made a lot of headlines this week. And the first thing I said, I opened it. And obviously, fake Clay has been a meme for, for whatever. Years. Yeah, for years since Clay's been in the league. And he purposely probably lives his life to look like clay because he's known at the games as fake clay fake clay and i read i you know as soon as it dropped that this guy has been banned um for shooting on the court for 10 minutes getting past security i'm like dude what a fucking idiot right i'm like what what is the this is when doing it for the gram goes wrong right 
not only do you lose 10K in tickets to watch an awesome game, but now you're banned forever and you're a Golden State fan, man. And he did have a point, right? He's like, I wasn't trespassing because I basically walked through security. They, you know, I checked my, they didn't ask for my ID, walked right onto the court and started shooting. So he's like, I don't think it's trespassing. You should be banned for being an idiot, bro. That's all I'm saying. What, did, did you think it's a cool thing? I mean, don't you think that being a guy that pays $10,000 for tickets, I know the Clippers do this all the time. They can get you on the court to shoot like pregame. They'll let you like early before the players get there. They do those little things where they bring corporate sponsorships in or the season ticket holders. They're like, come shoot a free throw. You know, you can do that, bro. But now you talking about shooting people, shooting themselves in the foot. This guy just shot himself in both feet, man. Do you think this guy was an idiot or what? Yeah, I don't know, man. I, you know, he didn't seem to be that upset about it. Right. So, you know, the guy made a decision. He knew what he was doing was wrong. Right. He can say, I don't think it was trespassing. He can Mm -hmm. say, I didn't pretend to be clay. He didn't. But, But when you go by fake clay, and you purposely rock the goatee and the headband and all of Clay's shit. That would also probably be impersonation. That you could you could easily, and I believe identity in the court theft. of law, you might be able to point at somebody who's trying to impersonate somebody. That's identity theft <laughs> in the very in a very minuscule uh, sense. Uh, and I will say, you know, the opportunity to shoot around right before a finals game doesn't come around too often for non-NBA players. Uh, so that that part, he might have been like, fuck it. Like, I don't need to go to another. I mean, from what I saw, the dude lives in Phoenix, from what I saw. Okay. So he'll maybe he'll just go to the Warriors games when they come through Phoenix. They play it four times. I it's, just, also, it's also really scary, though, Drew, especially with everything yeah. that's going on in the world. Yeah. Like, how is this dude... How do your security guards and your ushers not know that that's Clay Thompson, let's, right? Or that's let's not. Ha- Clay that's Thompson. the conversation that needs to be had. Yes. It's like how inept mm-hmm. <laughs> are these security members? I mean, because you know Clay Thompson is not a small man. Mm-mm. You know, I don't know how tall this dude is, but Clay's six seven. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm assuming he's not six seven, and while he might look like Clay, like nobody's going to stop him. Mm-hmm. I mean. I just don't understand how that happened. That's the ineptitude of the of the security staff. And I think that's the, the larger problem, like with what you're talking about in our society. There's mass shootings every 12 hours right now. Uh, so like what you shouldn't be able to walk onto a finals NBA finals court and shoot hoops. Nope. And nobody even stop you or and ask. Since when does Clay like show up to the arena? in full warriors outfit like already none of them like Nobody. none of them do that you show up in your fits you show you show up for the you know the little pictures that are happening mm-hmm. you want to get whatever you know clothing line shout out to mulch i know clay rocks a lot of the mulch stuff we got out. shout out to san clemente uh but no nba players show up wearing their full-on warm-ups and just walk right onto the court that shit doesn't happen at all you got uh, 10 minutes of buckets in too. 10 minutes. That's fun. See, like, so to me, like, you know, if, if the guy lives in Phoenix and he probably isn't going to go back to another Warriors game for a while, uh, it might've been worth it. I wouldn't have done it. I would have loved to just watch the game, especially if I'm paying that much money for tickets. I would have 10 G's bro. Would have loved to watch the game. I probably would have sold one of the tickets and maybe made up, go by myself, make up the, make up some of that profit, go sell those tickets. But you know, it could have, it, it, I, I don't see another opportunity for the likes of him to get onto the floor for an NBA final. I mean, like, honestly, 
I don't really have a problem with him doing it. <laughs> like, I think it's obviously I don't have a problem, Drew. It's I just wrong. Think- it's, and it's stupid. But I, you know, sometimes you got to weigh the risks. <laughs> I get it. And if you're going to do it for the gram, I guess if you're willing yeah, to risk it all, that's I'm, fine. Whatever. You probably gained a shit ton more followers. I mean, the guy's got like a million followers on Instagram. Unbelievable. Just for trying, just for identity theft. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, he does look just like Clay, though. He does. He, he looks a little bit like, like a fatter version of Clay. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. He definitely does. Uh, all right. I want to take a trip around the league real quick. Uh, we got to bring up your boys. We got to bring up the Lakers. I want to bring up uh, AD's quote this week. Uh, you know, he took a break from uh, twitching his GTA his GTA games to do a YouTube video with somebody. I don't yeah. even know who that guy was. And he came out and said he hasn't picked up or shot a ball since April 5th. And I'm like, what the hell, man? I said, Mamba, uh, you know, all respect to Mamba. That is not Mamba mentality whatsoever. <laughs> I told our boy Douchebag John, and we were texting back and forth. I'm like, this guy can never claim Mamba mentality ever. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you even say that while somebody's recording, there's some things that you just shouldn't say, man. Why would you say it? If anything, say, oh, I've been living in the gym. You know what? You know what Laker fans would have loved to heard? That, right? Oh, I've been living in the gym. I've been lifting weights. I've been stressed. I've been doing yoga, anything, right? But yes. to say that you haven't picked up a rock since April 5th, which is two, you know, almost two and a half months um, after shooting your worst shooting year yeah. ever, 18% <laughs> from three, I think he shot this year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, what the hell, man? And, yeah. and then immediately this morning comes out with a tweet with him and, and, uh, and lethal shooter, you know, the best shooting coach in the game. And they're at the gym working out. And I'm like, oh, that, the timing on that's really good. You know what I mean? So what do you think as a Laker fan, uh, that he hasn't picked up a rock since April 5th. Well, first and foremost, Clips, the season ended April 10th. <laughs> we had games. Makes sense. This makes sense. We had games after April 5th. We played against the Warriors on April 7th. We played against Oklahoma April 8th. And we played the last game of the season against Denver April 10th. So what the fuck? <laughs> what are uh, you doing, AD? You know, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that date wasn't firm, like based on the context of, you know, the video. He was well, he like, wasn't oh, playing I though, Drew. He wasn't playing. shot in a while. He's that's probably what he was. He was trying to say, I haven't shot in a while. I probably, probably haven't shot since the season ended. That's a terrible thing for any NBA player who's getting paid millions and millions and millions of dollars to do. Now everyone deserves a break. Don't get me wrong. Hundred percent. Go take your vacation. Don't touch a ball for a little while. You know, reload. Do what you, don't you think AD, do. You don't think AD had enough PTO, dude, this season? God damn. Yeah, he, it's not like he was working that hard. Um, so, you know, he certainly, he certainly had enough time off this season. Um, the bottom line is the only thing I can hope for this is that he just, like, doesn't stop working out now. Because he said that and everyone, it's out <laughs> for everyone to know. Stay in the gym now. Give no excuses because, you know, what's going to happen is the season's going to start. And if he misses his first five jump shots, people are going to be like, he hasn't picked up a ball since mm-hmm. April 8th. Or, you know what I mean? Like, that's it's just not a good look. It's too easy for the media to jump on all over that. Uh, and especially, like you said, the worst shooting season he's had. It's not even close to the to like the next worst shooting season that he's had in his career happened last year. So it's it's the it's a terrible, terrible look. Um, and yeah, man, I, you know, that's the, that's the, that's the biggest, um, worry that I have about Anthony Davis is, is like, do, do you love this? Right. Like how much do you love it? 
right? Are you just playing ball because you're seven feet and you, you know, you grew and you're, and you're, it turns out you're actually a very skilled player. Like, are you playing because people think you should be playing because your size? Uh, Cause it's, if that's the case, man, I just kind of hope he retires, you know, like I don't want to see him out there struggling and, and not liking it. Like, I hope he loves the game and I hope he finds that again, because it's clear at least now he doesn't really want to be a part of basketball. And again, this could be all overblown and, and maybe he, could maybe be. he meant, maybe he meant April or maybe he meant May 5th. I haven't picked up a ball since May 5th. Um, or maybe he just was trying to just, you know, have a joke like, Oh, I haven't shot in a while. And, eh. and preemptifying the fact that he's going to brick a bunch of shots in this YouTube video that they're about to release. Right. Um, but either way, you got to be smarter than that. Like he's got PR people. Anthony Davis has PR people. Well, you know, the best PR person, I think LeBron did the damage control right away because yeah. I think this morning, well, first of all, you know, he got a text from Braun, like for real dog. And, and a call from Darvin Ham. I can guarantee that. 100%. <laughs> it was two things Braun said, like for real dog, like you haven't picked up a basketball since April 5th. And then it was like, he probably said, what the fuck am I doing? What is this? And then he went immediately damage control, posted a video of AD's best highlights from being a Laker. And he said, you know, his usual, keep that same energy. Hey, my wait, yeah, my boys wait for my boy to come back. You know, things, uh, things are going to be different, something like that. And I'm like, ah, mm. you haven't had the best history with the tweets, Bronny. So, yeah. and apparently Rashid's hiring hasn't changed Anthony Davis's motivation that much. Obviously that's, <laughs> not that's at all. something that we were hoping changed, but it has not. Uh, um, bad, bad look for the Lakers, the continued bad look for the Lakers. I agree. Um, I know this is kind of taking uh, – we're going backwards on this, but this was in my notes and this was something I wanted to bring up. I think another reason why I want the Warriors to win at home now is for the whole entanglement. I called it the entanglement on our page. <laughs> so while we're watching that game – which game – was that was game five, right? Yeah. Yeah. While we're watching game five, they show Del Curry in his new shorty, Right. And us in the group chat were like, oh, dang, okay. Dell's 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 going that way now. All right, Dell. Yeah. Wait, and we've seen Dell with a lot of different females. Once a little white meat. <laughs> well, we've seen him at games with a bunch of different females, but True. supposedly this is it. He was hugging up on her arm around, and we're like, oh, he's got a new boo. Cool. And then we we see after the game that what's his wife, Sonia? Sonia's got a new dude. And somebody joked about it and said, Oh, Sonia's Sonia's new dude. And Dell's new girl looked like they were probably were married. And then worlds, true. they kind of did look like that. They did. And then worlds collide. And it <laughs> turns out that these two were married. Okay. The internet so, is undefeated. It's so awkward. And the only thing I thought about, Drew, now I want you to envision this. Warriors win in Golden State. They win game seven in Golden State. Steph wins finals MVP. And then on the court, you have Dell and the new shorty. And mom and his her new boo, and it's like that 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 Spider Man meme where Spider Man's pointing at everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, who do I hug? What 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 do I do here? You know. And then does does the wife does the ex wife hug the ex husband? Right. And then like, what, what's going to go on here? So I'm here for the juice, man. I want to see the sauce. What's going to happen? Yeah, the tea was spilling all over the goddamn place with this. It's weird, uh, bro. I just I do love the internet though because that's where the, this is where the benefit of the internet really really shines through. It's like somebody did the research, 
found these fuckers Facebook page and went back. I don't know how many years to find the family photos and then post them all over the place. I love it. I am here for it. I agree. It's the messiest thing that I can recall. So messy. So messy. And you have to assume that they've known each other. hundred percent. This is the weird part. That kind of shit doesn't happen <laughs> like randomly through Tinder. You know what I'm saying? No, you don't. You don't. I mean, and, and so to me, like, there's a lot of questions. I got a lot of questions here. Like, who reached out to who first? Like, who found each other first, right? Like, was it Dell sliding in, you know, talking talking to the to the blondie and being like, hey, and then Sonia's like, actually, Mark's, whatever, I'm going to just name him Mark. Mark's free now. I'll slide, I'll slide up no, on I Mark. Think, here's my, here's what I think happened. I think these, I think they're family friends. I mean, this is total assumption. But I think they're you family have to friends. assume maybe neighbors even they might maybe neighbors. neighbors in Charlotte. I'm seeing them. I'm seeing Dell and Sonia and Mark and Becky uh, having wine Wednesdays with the Curries. You know, <laughs> come on over for cheese and wine. Yes, and they hang out and they're friends, right? And then Sonia and and Dell call it quits, right? And maybe Mark and Becky's relationship was on the rocks too. So this is how it works. And I've been in this before, Drew. Yeah, the first person that reaches out saying, "Hey, if you ever need to talk." Yeah, I'm here for you. you yeah, know? yeah, I've been that dude. Yeah, of and course. it works. It works so well. So as soon as Dell threw out the, the message to Becky, like, hey, Becky, I know we've been friends for a long time. If you need to talk, I know what it's like. Yeah. Me and Sonia went through it. Let me be your shoulder. Right. Absolutely. Then Sonia finds out about Becky and Dell. And Sonia's like, you know what? Fucking Mark's kind of cute. Let's let's throw a let's really fuck this up. Okay. Mark, you want to talk about this? How about how about let's do this now? Let's go to a fucking game and let's see what let's just see what happens. Let's make it as awkward as possible. Like, did they did they do that on purpose? Like was did they both do it on purpose? I just like did like no, no. Dell got tickets and 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 Sonia found out he was bringing Becky. And Sonia's like, well, fuck that. I'm bringing Mark. Mark's coming with me. That's what that's what we're doing. And then we're just going to make it weird. We're just going to make it weird for everybody. And you it, know what? In, know. These, in, in these awesome post-game pressers, can somebody just ask the question? Because we want to know. Let's get Dell up on the stand. Let's we get need Dell up there. We need, a, we need a post-game presser from Dell. Oh, my God. It is, it is so funny, though, bro. I just, you know, it's a very strange, it's a very strange thing. And you know what else is funny? Uh, Steph and Aisha have a show on HBO Max. It's called About Last Night, where couples come on <laughs> and they talk about their, you know, their lives. And a lot of it is revolving around their their sex life. Let's just do it. Steph, let's just get it out of the way. Bring a, bring let's mom Del, and dad on the show. Let's get Dell and Becky. Let's get Sonia and Mark. And let's just keep it in the family. I mean, they already had Damian Lee. Damian Lee came on with who's oh. married to Steph's sister. Oh, so you're watching this. You really are watching this. Oh, well, my my wife found it. Mm -hmm. and she goes, it's Steph Curry's show. So mm -hmm. I, you know, I can't. I, there's no excuses there. I make her watch Steph Curry all the goddamn time. True. Facts. So she goes, okay, you know, there's a show about Steph and Aisha. I go, all right, I'll, I'll check out. Iguodala has been on there with his wife, Draymond and his wife. When they talk uh, about sex? Yeah, like we we're all in their sex lives. Yes, that's so weird. It's a very strange show. <laughs> uh, Maybe the Curries are stranger than we thought. Bro. And I, I think that's what I'm getting to is mm -hmm. is I think they're just they might just be, you know, Wine Wednesday might have very easily turned into like Freaky Friday. You know what I mean? Like that could have very easily been something that was happening. Just, you know, some people have open marriages, you know, NBA players. A lot of the times, you know, they have you know the, the, the demands of the road. 
you know, some 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 women look the other way. I mean, look, I always remember Kirilenko's wife. Just, oh. just you know, pick it, pick one, pick one, mm-hmm. year. one a year, one and a year. You got it, and then that's it. You got to lock it down after that. What a woman! I wonder if that's still going on for Kirilenko. He's like, well, is that was that only when I was in the NBA, or is that just good now? Like he's every probably year not as year. coveted as he once was. I know I she's he's, she's a baddie too. She was a model. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I, I, but I bet he's still a pretty pretty famous dude in Russia, right? Probably like, can't be too many. I mean, he's one of like like three Russian players ever, right? So right. He's got to be, he's got to be, you know, pulling it down pretty good. And plus the ruble, he's, I mean, his money's got to be going pretty long these days. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the ruble over there, but um, maybe he bought a bunch of those McDonald's locations that they abandoned. I don't know. But um, yeah, man, it is. I'm, I just as much as I'm looking forward to the, to the game six, I want to see, will, will, will we get a repeat of, of the Dell and Sonia drama? And I swear to God, I think that's a meme I should make. I can make that and have it ready. You know yeah. what I mean? Just Mark, Becky, Sonia, and Dell, and it's just Spider-Man <laughs> meme. I think it would be so. And the championship <laughs> trophy right in the middle. And like, where? I, look, we need content for the summer, yeah, so I'm I'm going to be following Becky and Mark. All right, that's what we're going to have to figure out. Give me a final thought, Drew. Um, all right, so final thought. Being up in Tahoe was uh, was a really great experience. Um, and as we're getting ready to leave, you know, I'm. I'm a little bummed out. Like I, I love, I love it up there. The atmosphere is awesome. And obviously it's very beautiful and the people in the town in general, just like super relaxed. Uh, everyone calls it Tahoe time up there. Right. Mm. You just kind of, you just kind of go about your business. You know, nothing gets done that fast. It's like Island time, but in Tahoe. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same, same, same uh, premise. Um, and so, you know, last day comes and, we were trying to get out on the lake, get out, get the boat out and get on the lake, but it was a little windy and just didn't turn out to be a great day. So we decided to go uh, north of us to this place that Casey loves to eat. Like it's called the char pit. It's just this like great little burger shack right, right on the water. Uh, and as we're getting ready to leave, we're walking down the stairs and Casey like looks outside the window where the staircase is. And she goes, what's that? She's pointing at the tree outside. We can see it. And there's a little critter or something laying up under this tree. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. It definitely looks like an animal. So maybe it's a skunk or something. It's not moving that much. And so I open the window and make some noise. And lo and behold, it's a fucking black bear clips. No way. (laughs) It is a black bear that is eight feet from the window that I have opened. (laughs) Luckily we're up a little bit. So it, you know, the ground is here and our window is a little elevated, Uh, but I fully like the bear, you know, the, the thing moves and it looks at me and you can see the face and it's like, Oh my God, that's a, that's a, we got a bear. There's a bear right here. We have a, you know, our dog is with us. Cone is with us. And so we're like, well, what the, like, what do we do in this situation? Right. The bear is asleep. It looks very comfortable. Like no just posted aggressive. under the, under the tree napping. Just, yeah. Just full nap time for the bear. Uh, and it's like, you know, it's like five o'clock in the afternoon. And so, you know, <laughs> Casey calls her parents up and goes, uh, yeah, we got a bear here. Uh, we don't really know, like, what's the program? And I'm Googling, like, uh, you know, what do you do when you find a bear in Tahoe? You and don't do anything. So, Clips, this is, you know, this is, this is what we get to. I find these four different, you know, resources to, to reach out to and call. The first one I call is this wildlife thing. They go, uh, you know, I'm just t- telling her the story. She goes, oh, yeah, bears, you know, bears, bears have been here for thousands of years. You know, they'll, they'll do that. They'll just post under the tree. They, she calls them 
uh, day beds. The Bears pick little spots where there's not too many people. Uh, they won't get harassed. And they just post up. And that's probably where that bear has been for weeks, which is hilarious because we've been there for a fucking month with our mm-hmm. dog running around. We, we were walking back and forth to her neighbor's house to use the jacuzzi. And we have no idea. So she goes, call this other number and they'll let you know. Like they, they handle more of the bears. It's called the Bear League, which is, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like that's also in New York City somewhere. But anyway, um, we call the Bear League up. We go, hey, we got a bear. He's like, yeah, bears do live where you are. And I go like, what's the protocol here? Like, what do we do? Like, what are the next steps? He goes, uh, he goes, uh, well, you know, is it, what, what is, what's it doing? Is it just, you know, is there cubs? Like, you know, can you see anything? I was like, no, nah, it doesn't look like there's cubs. It's just a, just a single bear just, napping, just chilling. On, napping under the tree. And I was like, I don't really want to bother it, but I just, I want to know like what the procedure is. You can also see from where we were, the bear had uh, tags in its ears. Mm-hmm. So we know that at some point it had been registered with whatever group does that shit. Um, needless to say, Nobody offered us any help other than go get some pots and pans and bang them around and make enough noise to make the bear leave. And that was it. I said, you know, you know, I was like, we got kids coming up here. I got a dog. Like, is what kind of, you know, like, do we, do we relocate these? Because no, the bears, the bears just do what they do. They live here. They bother you. Let us know. We'll come like, if they attack you call nine one one, like, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and so the end of the story is, we just went about our business. We left the bear there. Mm-hmm. Good. I'm glad you bear. didn't bang any pans. We documented it. No, the bear was chilling. Mm-hmm. We documented it. And uh, we came home. The bear was still there. And around 8 o'clock, it just took off. It left around 8 o'clock and went to go scavenge. Apparently, that's what bears do up there. They, they All night, they're just out like eating uh, vegetation. They don't eat mm-hmm. a whole lot of meat. So they're just scavenging the whole night. And then the, during the day, they just pass out in these places called day beds. But I had a very close encounter clips with a with a brown bear and i will say this the one thing that did put my mind at ease and i'll end it with this you know i'm a pretty confident individual you are i'm sizing this motherfucker up before we leave i'm like all right like worse comes to worse this fucker comes like barreling through somehow like you ain't taking a bear drew i'm i'm telling you right now clips (laughs) it looks small here we go it looked like a small bear. I'm a big old. I'm a big old dude. You are. You seen the claws on a bear though, bro? That's that's what Casey swipe. kept saying. She goes like, she goes like, they got the claws. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I know the claws. I just, I for for one split second in my head, as overly confident an individual I am, I was like, I could take that. I could take that. <laughs> I could take the black. Bear. I could take. The I bear. could take that fucking bear. No problem. Give me, you know, give me, just give me a. Give me at least some notice, right? If, if, if he surprises me, I'm done. But if I'm squaring up with him, I feel like I could dance mm. a little bit. I, I, you know, I think I could take him out with a couple jabs. Just got to stick and move. St- stick and move, I think, is the, is the approach to uh, fighting bears. I, I, don't, I don't think there's an approach, Drew. I think he would gut you like a fish, and especially if it was a mama bear. That's the reason why you know, people are so scared of mama bears, right? That's, that was the number one thing is like we had to make sure that there wasn't cubs. If there was right. cubs, then, pe- then people – that's what they said. If there was cubs, then people would, people would come out and, right. and, help, and help move them or whatever. But – Luckily, there wasn't, and the bear was chilling. But I got some, I got some good footage. I got some good pictures. I got a video out of it. It's a good way to go out on Tahoe. Yeah, and you know, finish finish on a high note with some nature. Like for a while there, I was like, wait, are these? Is this just a rumor? Do bears actually be here? They they they're there. Bears. No, are they there. actually told you you're you're living in their spot. That's basically exactly. what's going on. Yeah, we built the house where the bears. That's where <laughs> have that's day where beds. Bears are. Yeah, 
Yeah. By the way, the same bear got into our neighbor's car and was just chilling in the car. Oh, yeah. They uh, just, we, just we found out. So the bear, you know, the bear's a, he's, he's a cool bear. We named him Boris, but we don't know whether it was a male or female. But shout out to Boris. Shout out to Boris. Hope you're living well in your day bed, man. Uh, my, my final thoughts can be really quick. I waited, was really excited for Adam Sandler's new flicks, new flick hustle. Really excited for it. We've been talking about it for months. You guys know that Adam Sandler if, is my spirit human. He is literally the epitome of what I want to be. Just a, just I, he embodies everything that that clips is is about. Man, just mm. sports, basketball shorts, eating yep. pickles out of jars in New York City. That's me. <laughs> That's me. Um, I was really excited about this movie, and I was really excited about uh, the production team in Spring Hill, with his, which is LeBron and Mavericks company. And I got to say, I know, I know you watched it too. I mean, I'm an avid fast. I've, you know, framed movie posters of blue chips and above the rim and white men can't jump my favorite movie, uh, love and basketball. I love basketball movies. Uh, I think uh, it's very hard to make a good basketball movie. And I thought that this movie was awesome and it was super authentic. And Adam Sandler, while there was, obviously funny parts in this movie especially when he's clowning on on Bo calling his mom a whore and stuff it was yeah. so funny that whole thing Spanish scene. just to talk shit to him he did it was so great um i thought it was very authentic and i don't think people understand like the amount of red tape that goes into even doing a movie with the nba and like even logos and Gatorade being there and like getting all the players on board, which I think was easier having LeBron. It's a text message from Braun. It's a text message from, you know, to, to get everybody that you need there. I thought Wancho was, was great. Yeah. I thought it was a great pick for them. I thought they went away from, you know, the inner city kid that's struggling uh, to make it to the NBA and he makes it to the NBA. That story has been told a lot. I mean, it's, a, and it should be told a lot because it happens a lot. And yeah. I think, Finding this guy in Spain who's going through his own trials and tribulations was uh, was great. And I only thought two things could have been different. I thought they could have changed uh, the story of Sandler's hand. Okay, I think thought they could have made that a little better. Yeah, that I wasn't. Was it, I thought it was weak, man. I thought they could have. You know, they focused on the hand a lot. He doesn't tell the story till almost the end. Uh, I thought they could have made that a little better. And I also thought that, I mean, Kenny should have been playing Kenny. You know what I mean? Like if, if Kenny's playing the Maverick Carter role, kind of like I would have rather had Maverick play the Kenny role and Kenny just be Kenny. Right. But I like how they intertwined um, social media aspect of it. The TikTok. Okay. If you're not going to give me any love, I'm going to make my own mixtape and I'm going to put it on blast. If you want to play me one-on-one come down to this park here. I thought they kept it real with, uh, with, giving love to Philly and Philly legends. I saw Pat Croce, you, you know, he's in the movie too, former owner of the, of the 76ers who him and AI had a great relationship. You know, Dr. J had a big role in the movie. Um, I thought it was great. I've watched it twice already. I think, do I think it's the best basketball movie of all time? I don't, but I think it's up there with a movie that uh, I will definitely like white men can't jump. I'll watch when it's on and I'll probably yeah. watch it again. Cause I really enjoyed it. But Adam was great. This wasn't a comedy, although it was funny at times. Yes. It was very serious. It and was. their music choice, man, I got to tell you, mm. the, the, the soundtrack to this, a lot, a lot of people that aren't into hip-hop and whatnot, they used The Roots, Philly. Yep. They used Beanie Siegel, Philly, yep. a lot. 
Yep. Um, I thought they stayed true to the Philly roots on it. And I really enjoyed it, man. If I was to give it a, a, a one out of 10, I would give it a nine. Yeah. And I think it's a 10 out of 10 for basketball movies. Like if you're just talking basketball movies, particularly mm-hmm. 10 out of 10, it's the best uh, movie gameplay basketball gameplay in a movie hundred percent that I've ever come across. It's not even close. I mean, you, you, there's always going to be the hoop dreams, which is, I guess the 11 out of 10, cause it's actual, but it's a documentary, right? So mm-hmm. it's hard to remove the hoop dreams from it all because it's a, that's an actual basketball game that they're watching. Right. So that's actual basketball players. But when you have to film these scenarios, uh, it's very easy. And time and time again, the movies fail at making the gameplay feel real. And really, you know, in this game, in, in, the, in this movie, there was only one scene where, you know, Bo was just like blocking shots left and right, like each time. Mm-hmm. And that one felt a little forced and not very realistic. Outside of that, a lot of the gameplay felt really real. Yeah, uh, I thought I thought you would think that I, I think that in those instances, those open runs, I think those were real open runs. Yeah. I think Anthony Edwards and and Wancho, they were playing against real player. I think Tyrese yeah. Maxey and and yep. and uh, and Tobias. Uh, Tobias was I think they're really hooping out there yeah um, and I thought Anthony Edwards was great playing Anthony Edwards right he wasn't yeah. trying to play some other role he was just a shit talking number one pick that's Love gonna it. come I, I did too uh, I also really liked how they incorporated uh, the homies bone collector and professor yeah. in yeah. this bringing the streetball element to it uh, you know getting his handles right with fest is a great idea and bone collectors out there doing his thing I thought that was awesome and they yeah. probably gave some those those runs in Philly uh, were probably, you know, open runs for the streetball hoopers that are hooping out there. So they made it look real. Yep. I Yeah, I think that's I think that's a huge factor in it as well. And I think a, a really good job uh, has to be mentioned around like choosing the international player to be the main role. And, and the reason behind that is uh, American basketball players are not good actors. Right. And that's that's just the truth. Uh, well, I say basketball players I, I remove the American basketball players are not good actors. But when you have the foreign aspect, he doesn't he can't speak that much English. He's not forced into a whole long litany of conversations. There was no real monologue from him. He, he didn't have to act. He just had to be a basketball player. And I think mm-hmm. the international component and the, the language barrier really uh, was beneficial in that sense. Right. Because, you know, if it's an American kid that they have being the number one or, you know, being the main character in the movie, then the, you know, the language barrier is not a thing. He would probably need to speak more and have more lines. And I just think it worked out beautifully the way that they did it. And Uh, portraying and portraying Sandler as an NBA agent. They did a great job on that scout, a scout, a scout, excuse me. And, And look, I went to school to be a scout. I took, you know, I, I had to get mentored. I had to take a lot of classes. I had to read a lot of books. I had to go evaluate and scout a lot of people. And the reason why I didn't go forward with that was because after meeting with all the people that, you know, were mentoring me and telling me how long they are away from their families, where they have to go, the play, the, the travel, the going, I mean, dude, first of all, any movie that opens with Bobon, you have me hooked, right? If Bobon's in your first scene, sign me up. That was the last point that I was going to make. Boban's cameo, it was amazing. I'm How 22. old are you? 22. This is my son. He's 10. Is he? He's 10. Oh, the Boban cameo was by far the best. Uh, and I love that guy. I absolutely love Boban Marjanovic. That guy is a legend. Um, but yeah, I just, I agree, man. I think it's a, I think it's a great 
great basketball movie, and it's one of the best basketball movies that's come out in the last twenty years. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they did they did a really a great doubt. they did yeah. a really great job on it from two basket to from two basketball guys that critique all this stuff. It's like you remember watching Fresh Prince. Remember the Fresh Prince? Oh basketball my god, that's scenes? the worst. And you're like you're like the the court is literally fourteen feet. The rims eight and a half feet. It's like the dude, worst. You're not selling it. Basketball right? Diaries. Basketball Diaries as well. The worst. It's the it's worst horrible. The reason why White Man Can't Jump was so authentic is because not only did they use real street ball hoopers that played in Venice and they're playing on real courts that are 10 feet, even above the rim, there was a couple corners. Well, except for there. except for Woody's dunk. Well, yeah, I mean, but they did the camera angle correctly <laughs> to make it look like he could actually go. But hey, I'm stoked on it. It'd be it'd be it'd be really cool to to have a uh, to have a hustle part two. What's going on with Bo Cruz, the Cruz missile? What's happening in, on the Celtics? What's going on? So I really enjoyed it. Uh, if you haven't okay. watched it yet, watch it. Listen to the soundtrack. It's dope. Uh, we're gonna be back after Game Six. I'm hoping after Game Six because we our season's either over or we still got one more going on. So. Uh, we'll be back shortly. Uh, we appreciate everybody that listens to the show. Keep screenshotting. Keep letting us know you're listening to the show. We're doing a little giveaway on our page. I got fresh clip, clips and Drew tees ready to go. If you can call uh, what, how many points Clay Thompson is going to have in game six. Did you make your call, Drew? Uh, I, I, I didn't do it on the page yet. Well, you need to participate a little I, more. I know. I'll jump on the page, but I'll say it here. Okay. 22 points. That's what Clips has. That's what Clips has. Oh, then that's not fair. That's not well, fair. No, it is. You said 22. No, I'll you do 19. I'll give me 19. 19 points. Maybe if you're lucky, Drew, you'll get a Clips and Drew t-shirt. Possibly. I didn't want to do the same as you. So, But 22 is a good call. That sounds that sounds I, good. <laughs> I got 22 in a, in a Boston victory. So that's what it's going to be. Okay. We'll find out shortly. Our calls have been pretty good through these playoffs or through these finals, Drew. We've been doing pretty well. Uh, we'll be back shortly. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew. And we're ghosts. You know what it is, you know what it is, you know where you're at. This is the follow through with Clips and Drew. What up, podcast world? What up, what up, podcast world? You know what it is, you know where you're at. This is the follow through. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? This is the follow through.